0: SDGI Directors and Dialogue presents Juanita Wilson on her film As If
1: I'm Not There in dialogue with Irish Times journalist Mary Fitzgerald at Electric Picnic with Amnesty International So Juanita I wanted to open up by asking you about the the genesis for this film I mean how did you come across this incredibly powerful story?
0: Well, I remember um, when I was younger, when the first reports came of rape camps during the Bosnian War, being um, absolutely horrified and devastated that this could happen, and happen within Europe and within our lifetime. Um, and years later, I just came across this book by Slavenka Draculic, a Croatian writer. Um, which was based on her research of some of the women who came out of the camps in Zagreb. So it's based on true stories. But she wove them together into this amazing book that was so sparse and it felt so true. Um, There was no sentimentality in it, which was good. Um, It it raised many issues and it felt like you were hearing what, what that experience might be really like. For example, one of the things she talks about is fear producing a kind of a numbing effect rather than producing adrenaline which is the usual kind of dramatic response that you expect to a war and also the kind of the the fact that you're always alone in the situation there's no natural solidarity because the women are rounded up from all different places and um, with the best will in the world you realize very quickly that you can't save anybody else um, the only way to get through it is to shut down to only think of the moment Um, not think of the future, not think of the past so it's a very solitary journey so there were elements within her book that kind of described the experience in a way I had never read before and I guess it contained everything about our human condition um, the love of family um, the worst that man can do to his fellow man and yet it has the seeds of of forgiveness and love, so I felt as a story it was tremendously powerful in terms of the human condition, and also i kind of i, I hadn 't come across a story a, a war story told from the woman 's point of view. Um, rape is often portrayed in war films, but usually it 's going on in the background um, to the main action, whereas this is the story of 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 rape of what happens and it 's universal and unfortunately has happened obviously since the first war and is happening today so um, it just felt like it was um, an important story to tell so we contacted slovenka and we're very honored that she um gave us the rights to her her book itself
1: and you talk about how um, in, in previous films this was something that happened in the background. You know, if there was a film about a war or conflict, rape was something secondary. It was something that happened in the background. And this is one of the very few films that actually addresses the issue of war in co- uh, rape and conflict and the issue of rape as, as a war crime. And I think, you know, it, it's extraordinary when you remember that it was only during the Bosnian War that rape was actually for the first time classified as a war crime and it was only in 2008 that the UN Security Council actually passed a resolution putting that down in in, in terms of international law so it's extraordinary that that's only very very recent. When you decided to make a film based on the book, given that this is such a sensitive issue and so many taboos surrounding it, Um, the extent of of rape as a weapon of war during the Bosnian conflict, the sensitivities in the society in Bosnia particularly the Muslim community in Bosnia what kind of um, uh, considerations did you have in terms of approaching that topic?
0: Well I think the first thing that we were very um, you know, sensitive to is the fact that we are not from there, so we're coming in from um, our own perspective. So I, I wanted to be very clear from the start that it was a story that was based on Slovenka's book, um, and we were telling that story. It wasn't, um, you know, we weren't trying to portray our own version of, of um, what happened. But because it was a three-sided war, and, and women of all sides were raped, um, it becomes a very political issue as to which side you tell. Um, and so obviously um, there were other people who would be kind of unhappy that it was from the Muslim point of view and um, there's a level of denial still, I think, within the region as to what actually happened. Um, even though up to 60,000 women were raped during that war, the majority of whom were Muslim, there were also um, Serbian and Croatian women as well. So depending on where you are, people have their own version of what happened and what should or shouldn't have happened, so you have to be um, you kind of have to s- sidestep that a little bit um, at the moment it, 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 it feels like what's there is an uneasy truce, it's an une- uneasy piece, there isn't resolution There—you know there's a lot of issues that still haven't been resolved um, there's a lot of difficulties that people who, who left for the war and wa- want to go back um, to honour their dead, there's there's a lot of difficulties there and i think the more stories like this get told hopefully the more it will lead to healing but at the moment it feels um a little bit like there are there are definitely different versions of what happened over there
1: What kind of response did you get to the film in Bosnia itself? Because last year we saw the, the controversy over the film that Angelina Jolie um, directed again about rape during the Bosnian War and and that story concerned it's similar story in many respects to the one featured in your film but extremely controversial and showed that this is such uh, this is an issue that just touches such a raw nerve still in bosnia there's still that element of people having to come to terms not just what happened in the war as a whole but this particular issue because of the taboos surrounding it so what kind of response did you get from within bosnia itself
0: um, we first screened it uh, the year before last at the Sarajevo Film Festival. That was the first screening. It felt appropriate that that would be its first outing, and um, it was nerve-wracking in many ways. Slovenka was there seeing the film for the first time, and uh, you are very conscious sitting in the audience that people are you know who are watching it may well have have lived this. It's more than just entertainment, um, and you do feel a sense of responsibility for telling that story um, authentically. Um, so it was it was. Uh, a highly emotional experience, and the response at the end was was very very positive, but very somber in a way. Um, but it was it was it was well received, and we showed it in Zagreb shortly afterwards and got a, a, a very similar response. I think just primarily because we were a much smaller production, I don't think we attracted as much attention as Angelina's film, which I haven't seen yet. But um, I think again for. Uh, the reasons we were just saying that, that certain people have their own perspectives um, so it'll always be controversial it will always hit a nerve with somebody within that jurisdiction
1: And when you were researching the story and, and developing the idea of the film did you set out in any way for it to be a political film because of course it's political because of the subject matter but how did you feel about engaging with that I mean it's a sensitive issue but it's all a very, also a very political issue
0: I think this is the trickiest path to walk um, if you are making a piece of work. Um, It's different if it's primarily your own story, it's your own diary, it's your own thoughts, it's your own opinions. Um, You have to tread this path very, very carefully. Um, So I felt in safe hands because I was basing it on Slovenka's book and I knew Slovenka, um, as a respected journalist, had done her research thoroughly and I felt um, that I was free to tell that story in the best way I possibly could. And then... My job was really to adapt it for the screen, and and what I wanted was not to show the facts because you know that that's been portrayed in in through journalism. It's to show kind of the emotions and the, the, the feeling of the experience. Um, so it was more the kind of human story than the political story. But obviously it'll always be um, it'll always be both. But to show really um, what happened to this particular young woman, and and it could happen in any city in any country at any time it's not necessarily the story of that war itself but it's more response as me as a I guess as a as a young woman to to her experience and um, so I think that's the only way that I could could kind of hand on heart go in there to tell this story so I, I guess um where I would have maybe brought in my own thoughts would be things like the rape scene and how that was staged and things like that to make sure that that wasn't voyeuristic to try and give you the experience rather than just show what happened and to try and to take the time to tell the story and let the audience to make up their own mind and and the end, for me, when I read the book it just made me cry, it touched me so much that despite everything she had been through she could still find enough love in her heart to pick up that baby and decide that even though it was the enemy um, that she would, would keep it as her family and for me that's such a supreme act um, of the human spirit and I just I, I felt that that is really the nub of this whole story
1: And there's also of course the question explored throughout the film of uh, it's the line that one of the soldiers uh, gives at one stage, we do what we have to do to survive, this idea of what people will do when pitched into extraordinary circumstances like in a war, what they will do to survive. I mean, exploring that particular theme, what impact did that have on you as as a director?
0: Well, I think um, uh, in the films I've been involved in, we're always attracted to stories that are true life and are where people's backs are to the wall. You know, you're always asking the question, I guess, of of yourself: What would I do in that situation? You know, if I was a soldier, would I pull the trigger? You know, if I was a guard, would I be kind? Would I not? Would I abuse my power? Would I not? So, and and if you're a prisoner, how how do you survive there? So, uh, those are the kind of questions that interest me. Um, And I think some of the soldiers, you know, there's a young soldier who comes in that clearly doesn't want to be there. Of the three rapists, I think you can see that the last rapist is kind of reluctant and would also rather not be there but makes the choice to go along with it. And then the captain himself is interesting because he is also kind of trapped in that camp and he has lost his family as well and he doesn't know whether he will survive either. So even though he's the perpetrator he's also, to some extent, um, a victim of, the, of that war. And I thought that was interesting, that between them, there was that, that exchange of humanity between them kind of kept them both uh, a little more human than they would like to... You know, that they were afraid that they would completely lose their humanity. And both of them, I think, wanted to cling to to that which made them human and not animals. And I think um, that was their connection there. So I think in that sense, it's trying to to give a more complex... Um, portrayal of everybody caught in the situation rather than making it too black and white
1: I think one of the most striking elements of the film is the fact that there's very little dialogue in it Um, why did you make that particular decision to allow so much to be said without anything being said at all
0: um, I think it just naturally evolves. I think um, because it's based on the book, and the book had obviously the stream of consciousness, which was really interesting. The insights that the character um, thinks about in the book is amazing, and I toyed with the voiceover on and off, on and off. You know, one version without it, one version with it, trying to work out whether you gained more from the insights that were being offered, or whether just it's more powerful if you if you just witness it. And in the end, we obviously decided um, not to have a voiceover. And then a lot of the dialogue just fell away. It just felt artificial or unnecessary, um, particularly because I am writing in English and don't speak the language, so I'm sure a lot of it was um, very heavy-handed and was much better off without it. But it kind of... After a while, it just you, you realise that the faces say it all and very rarely do you need a line unless it, 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 it enhances that it kind of gets in the way and the same with music I found that really if if it's a serious drama music, even the smallest notes sometimes will draw your attention away from what you're actually looking at it's almost like when you start listening you stop looking you know, it's like you don't do the two with the same intensity so it was almost like the sound sometimes fight, is fighting the connection so in the end it, it it ends up being quite pared down which a lot was in the script but even in the edit I think it 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 came down even more
1: as a journalist I find the film fascinating as a journalist who has covered the issue of of rape and in conflict and I was in um, Congo in in December on assignment, and Congo, I think, is the conflict where um, sexual violence has become such a weapon, probably to a greater extent than any other conflict in the twentieth century, twenty first century. Um, and I had an extraordinary encounter um, with um, one man who, um, in in the central prison in Goma, in eastern Congo, who is accused of masterminding the rape of three to four hundred people in a series of villages in eastern Congo a couple of years ago. He's accused of that by the UN and I was really struck again, you know, we're talking about what when people are pitched into extraordinary circumstances, what they will do. Um, And he was so nonchalant about the use of sexual violence in in the conflict in eastern Congo. At one stage, he he shrugged and he said uh, rape is is a weapon for men to, to use as if this was the most natural thing in the world. And what I find fascinating about the film is the because, again, you know, as we discussed earlier, the taboos surrounding this issue and you know, as a journalist, last year in, in Libya, for example, there were claims of mass rapes um, by the forces loyal to Gaddafi, and it was so difficult to substantiate that because the taboo surrounding the issue, women simply would not share their stories, and in Congo, trying to uh, find women who would actually open up about their experiences, and I met one young woman who had born a child as a result. Now, she compared to most of the other women who have had children as a result of rape in Congo, she had a more positive experience in that her family um, did not cast her out. They um, basically kept her and the child. Um, But she was able to talk about it because she had had a relatively positive experience. But I find the film fascinating because it opens that up. You know, It opens up the the perspective of the victim and the perpetrator. And because you're coming at it from the, the point of view of a feature film, it allows that Narrative to develop. Yeah, I think
0: I think one of the chilling, really chilling aspects um, of this rape is its banality. It's kind of like an institutional rape. There's no, you know, normally rape is portrayed as you know something alcohol induced or there's violence or whatever. But just the the idea that people just make a decision and then walk into a room and and follow through. I find that really really chilling. And um, we wanted to make sure that that was portrayed in that way, that there wasn't um, anything beyond that and I think that is the most shocking thing that that when you see it in this way you see it as a weapon of war Um, and I think that's uh, it's just so hard to understand really, I just um, I don't know how I I don't know, I just can't understand it at all
1: I think we'll open up to some questions from the floor then anybody? Any questions or observations on the film? Any thoughts?
0: Yeah, how we went to making it happen, it took a long time. Um, It took probably over ten years from when we first optioned the book, but that was also because we were kind of new to it and coming into it, and uh, it just, at at the time, there was a lot of kind of disinterest I guess um, because of the subject I think you know it was always seen to be quite a, a I guess specialist subject so um, it did take a lot of searching for money and we were lucky because Sweden came on board and the Irish Film Board came on board and then when we went to shoot in Macedonia we um, were involved with a company in Macedonia so and Euromaj then supported us but it took it took a lot of a lot of time really Um but in a way, I always feel that time is well spent because you are immersed in it. You're learning more about the subject. You know, I think uh, things happen maybe when they're when they're meant to. Um, the Door? The Door, yeah. I made the short film The Door. Um, but actually, the the it helped, obviously, because it meant that I had something to show and that I um, was able to put myself forward to direct this. Because initially, I was going to just produce this film. And then um, I got involved in writing it. And then I made The Door, so it, there was a possibility that I might direct it. Um, so The Door helped, yes. But the... We actually had more or less shot this film by the time the door got some of the attention that it got. So, um, I think had had it been a year later, maybe it would have been even e- you know a little bit easier for us because um, more people then had heard of the door. And yeah, the story, I guess, yeah, in terms of maybe reading around it, reading other other work that's written by people at that time, um, that. It would be more the writing rather than the filmmaking is what I meant. Having that time,
1: do you think, um, Juanita? That I mean, it's almost twenty years. It's it is twenty years on from the beginning of the war in Bosnia, and uh, you know, you have your film. We have Angelina Jolie's film. There were some films in the late nineteen nineties, like Welcome to Sarajevo, and others that dealt with the war. But it seems when it comes to exploring the more sensitive issues and painful themes of the war, there needs to be that distance in terms of time before people can actually um, feel comfortable enough to start exploring this, if they're even ready at this stage, whether in Bosnia or or outside. What's your uh, sense of that idea of time needing to pass before this can be looked at?
0: I think that that, that that does seem to be the case and i'm not i'm not totally sure why i don 't know whether people need that that space to to step back a little bit or whether you know' it's often what happens in a, in a complicated situation like this, and with other conflicts is people aren't sure what happened or who who were the perpetrators. It takes a while for the dust to settle, and people to work out even which which version is going to become the official version, and obviously there will be many of of even what happened. And I know um, through a film we were involved in before this that un- unless, in general, people are comfortable with with how uh, events are being interpreted, then things will be dismissed as propaganda, for example, if they're just told from one perspective. So often um, a little bit of distance allows, I guess, people to... to to come to terms maybe with what what has happened, maybe for people to, to have the space and confidence to maybe write about what happened to them, therefore the stories begin to emerge. So it, it, it does seem to be the case that there is a little bit of distance and often um, people come in to make other stories. I know in the North we've had a lot of, of filmmakers have come in particularly from the UK and have made um, films about the North and I don't know why that is as well and I think maybe you bring a different perspective but that's not the right perspective either so I think it's very important that there's a balance of, of obviously indigenous um, stories and films being told from any conflict situation you know because we come in and we're you know we're
1: always at one remove which can be dangerous and I think you know the point you made at the beginning about the different narratives about any conflict there are so many competing narratives but the Bosnian war in particular we're seeing those competing narratives play out in the Hague right now when it comes to the trial of, of Radovan Kardec, who is accused of masterminding the Srebrenica massacre and and several of the other atrocities that took place in the war and that idea that the competing narratives because they impact on what's happening in Bosnia and Serbia right now, whether it's in terms of, you know, Serbia's push for EU membership, all of that, you know, so competing narratives, just like we see competing narratives when it comes to the conflict in Northern Ireland and the sensitivities surrounding that. How careful were you? I mean, you talked earlier about the issue of rape um, being used by all sides in the Bosnia war, but there was one side that suffered... um, considerably more than another. How sensitive were you about that?
0: Yeah, that that um we had to make a few choices um at different stages in the film about that. And and I really did not want to label the kind of Serb soldiers as heavily, heavily Serb because I think anybody who knows about the conflict will know what happened and who did what. So once you you have a sense of who's who, then you you can work out the rest. Um, so I kind of shied away a little bit from from labels. I think in in any direction. Um, hopefully, if if people are interested to come and see the film, and then either know the situation or to learn more themselves, rather than to try and label and point fingers, because I think that can become very dangerous. And I do think then you become seen as 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 either propagandist or you know you you, you very quickly get boxed, and then the work doesn't get. Get maybe seen as widely as it might, so uh, it's it's something you have to be a little bit mindful of. Any other questions or thoughts? Oh,
1: i oh, we, we can't.
0: No, we can't. I am sorry, I missed the stars. <laughs> I was talking to you about that, but <laughs> is when I when I came into it. I was thinking. I wasn't sure the main character, main female character in it, who she, where she was from. Um, was that done on purpose that we didn't know exactly where she was from, and that it was a mistake as as um, the
1: soldier points out. Yeah.
0: She um, at the start of the film, she you see her leave her family in Sarajevo. Um, in the book the character is of mixed parentage her mother is a Serb and her father is a Muslim as was the case in many many people there but they were being a communist ex-communist country they were pretty much a-religious so it didn't mean anything really so religion wasn't a big deal really until this started breaking down so I kind of did start with her. You you know the bare bones of that. You know she's young. She's going to take this teaching post. Um, there's a suggestion of a Muslim thing, but it's not. Um, it's not too serious. So you get a sense. I think I wanted to just show her as a pr- modern city girl um, living in a sophisticated city, which Sarajevo was. Um, so that it's. It, I, I guess so that it would. Audiences will identify that with that as well. Um, that it could be. Could be me. Could be you. Could you know? Could be any of us. But I didn't, I didn't um, want to, again, label her too heavily because it got very heavy-handed at the beginning if you start trying to explain all of this. Who is she? Her mother's this, her father's that. But this is the way the culture in society is. I did try, believe me, in several versions of the script, I did have a very um, laborious beginning and at, in the end it just seemed like, get her on the bus and the story starts there. You know, and, and we kind of learn in the audience with her as it goes along, both her character and the events reveal themselves I think as it goes
1: and how difficult was it to distill the complexity of the Bosnian war into a film that is universal in its theme and appeal I think and can speak to people who have no background knowledge at all of of the war how much of a challenge was that
0: yeah, again, that's a kind. Of, that's a kind of a script issue because there were lots of scenes and exposition and soldiers here, there, and roadblocks and lots and lots of stuff that that got shed along the way because it just again it either seemed too obvious or it was just too much information, or it seemed irrelevant. So I kind of, at the end of the day, both in the script and particularly in the edit, stuck with the idea that this is really a, a simple story of what happened to one person, how she reacted, how she survived it, and the choices she made. And in a way, the events of the war are are the main part, but the, the real nub of the story, I think, is the, the dilemma that the baby presents, and, and will she keep it, will she not, and... Um, and for me i guess that 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 is where you're you're really making a film about human nature you know it's it's not about a war at that stage it's about um about what we have in our hearts and the human spirit and and those choices that we have to make and i think that really is universal um the baby could have come as a result of any event but the the dilemma would still be the same so i think maybe that's a way that that it can touch an audience
1: so I think we'll take the last few questions if anybody has any and uh, then we'll we'll wrap up. Anybody else? Thoughts?
0: Can you hear? Yeah, thanks. Sorry. Casting was a big issue because she's in every scene. She carries the whole film. So the main actress was um, really, really important. That she had to be somebody who was kind of young enough that you believe is just starting out on her independent life, has just left home for the first time. But she couldn't be naive. You know, she had to be smart enough to work things out. Um, that she could kind of hold her own with the captain at the end. So it was a very tricky combination of characteristics to find and particularly to find in an actress who's so young. And we looked extensively um, throughout the Balkans um, and I met a lot of talented young actresses but it, it literally was a few days before we started um, official prep that I found Natasha and she was in a drama school in Skopje in Macedonia where we were filming and uh, I called her in when I saw her photo to, to for one of the younger roles and as soon as I just saw her on camera I knew she had a real presence and I threw her in the deep end and asked her to read for the main part and she just you know, she just is uh, extraordinary she really grasped all the nuances of the script and of the character and what I really loved is that her her acting is so restrained you know, I mean just in one look or one swallow or one little detail you get a sense that she's thinking and she's feeling but that she can't show it because anything more would be melodrama, you know, in this situation you can't show any any emotion in that situation, you just do not want to attract any attention, so I think it was a real challenge um, and a challenge for somebody she had never been in a film before or anything, so both of us were kind of like novices in a way um, and and uh, which was, was nice on the one hand and we were both kind of terrified on the other but I knew she could do it I just I had that sense from that moment so I was really lucky to find her and I was trying my best not to panic because everybody around me was panicking because I, I still hadn't found the main actress but Fedja, who plays the captain um, I cast him very early on he was probably the first um, role that I cast and I met him in Sarajevo he actually fought in the war himself and um the captain in Slavenka's story was a much older man and when I met him and saw him he just he had a haunted look and I liked the way that there was there could be a chemistry between the two, you know, that he was younger. Had they met in a bar in Sarajevo you believe they might have had a relationship. So it kind of made it a little more complex, um, in that sense. So he I cast him and then I asked him to read with I don't know how many different actresses <laughs> around the Balkans trying to find the right person and um, and I found her actually on our doorstep at the last minute which was a blessing Yeah. Yeah. The language issue was tricky at times. Both um, Feja and Natasha speak English very well, so I was able to communicate directly with them. But it, 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 it. You know, I think the biggest thing was that tone. It's mainly the tone. The words might stay the same, but the tone might change in translation. Sometimes, if something was meant to be playful, that might slightly get lost and and be translated very literally. Um, so I had. Uh, somebody on set with me all the time, also to check accents because some of these people, obviously, and um, the people in Macedonia weren't speaking, and um, they had the different accent, different dialect. So uh, it, there was a lot of kind of monitoring of that as well, which added just uh, another layer of something to watch. It was very tricky when dealing with the large numbers of extras because. Um, then you, you literally, it was like Chinese whispers trying to explain to the person who translated to explain, who explained to them what to do, and, and that was cumbersome at times. But other than that I think because I'd written the script even though I couldn't actually understand word for word what they were saying, I would get a sense did that feel true, I know what they should have been saying and, and did it feel true what they said, you know, just from the look in their eye or their body language or their expression so I kind of monitored that and then somebody else just also let me know if, if something was mispronounced or the word was wrong or whatever so
1: no other questions I think we'll wrap it up there then thank you very much Juanita for that uh fascinating insight into the film
0: uh thank you very much I just like to thank Kieran, particularly for bringing me down here and for Birch and uh and fair play for for sitting through this so go and enjoy the rest of the picnic thanks, thank you Yeah, just on behalf of Amnesty and the Screen Directors Guild, I'd like to thank both Winita and Mary um, for this great, um, the great, wonderful film, and then the great discussion that followed. I think one of the really important things that
1: um, that comes across is just how you can communicate these really important issues uh, through the arts, and um, and that's why the the sort of partnership between Amnesty and the Screen Directors Guild is so important, and similar kinds of
0: partnerships between human rights organizations and artists. Um, and we're just really fortunate to to have had you here both so thank you Thank you for listening to SDGI Directors and Dialogue We would like to thank our sponsors, the Irish Film Board and the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland For more information on the Screen Directors Guild of Ireland visit us at www.sdgi.ie.